going on, everybody? Welcome to the Grassroots Podcast. My name is Evan Savage. I am your host of the podcast. I'm also the lead pastor at Grassroots Church, and uh, this is episode one, season one of our new, brand new, brand spanking new Grassroots Podcast. We have a really great show for you today. Really great listening time. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun. We have a lot of stuff to uh, get down to. We're gonna. Uh, talk a little bit about the coronavirus, a little bit about how we can still be the church even though we're locked up in our homes and we're secluded away from one another. It's going to be, uh, it should be a fun time. Uh, so stick around and let's get to it. Today, on this first episode, we're talking a little bit about the coronavirus uh, crisis, if you will. Um, you know, it's this is such a strange time, uh, <laughs> honestly, to be alive. Uh, I find myself, and you might be thinking to yourself, like I am often, uh, I find myself thinking of like, oh man, maybe we could go here, and then realize like, oh no, the virus is literally everywhere. Um uh, this is one of those things that you just really, you really cannot uh, escape, um, and so it's a really strange time uh, to 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 be around. Quite frankly, it's a, it's not like a hurricane that that usually just hits a a, a smaller uh, portion of the country. It's not just a like a tornado or something like that. This is everywhere. Uh, so wherever you go, it's pretty much on lockdown. So it's, so it's, it's, it's a very, very odd, uh, odd, odd time. Um, and so, uh, what I want us to do today is, is, uh, if, if you've been focusing on social media or you follow, uh, any churches or pastors or anything, you'd probably, uh, realize that, uh, you've probably heard a, a, a particular verse, probably more in the past week and a half to two weeks, more than uh, you've ever heard in your life, and that's Second Timothy one seven. Um, I'm just going to read that here for you real quick, and it's Paul. He's writing to Timothy, and uh, Paul says this. Paul writes this. He says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment." Um, the you know, and that's, it's beautiful. It's great. It's so true. Um, uh, the, but I think right now is, is a lot of things that have happened. You know, yesterday I went to, uh, Chinooks or Schnooks, however you pronounce it. You know, it's, it's, a in Illinois, Wisconsin, super Midwest, like grocery store. Um, the, uh, it's funny. They say Schnooks here. I want to say Chinook. <laughs> like the helicopter because uh we lived in uh southern alabama which has a lot of helicopters uh because of fort rucker and uh, i always want to say schnooks and people look at me crazy and it's schnooks um but it's probably the same if you, if you lived in pittsburgh and you heard someone said giant eagle you're like what's an eagle it's an eagle you know like a bald eagle it's an eagle giant eagle right the uh, but yeah and so uh i went to schnooks yesterday or schnooks yesterday and um I, uh, I was, I had to get a couple things for dinner. Um, we made some homemade chicken nuggets, right? 
my wife and I had spicy chicken nuggets. My kids just had uh, boring chicken nuggets, as I like to call them. The uh, and so I made just some homemade chicken nuggets, and and I realized I needed uh, cayenne pepper and a couple of other things, and uh, so I ran over to Schnucks, and it's a grocery store, like I said, and um, there were there were not very many people there, but as as I was walking around trying to make sure I could pick up everything, like we needed some bananas, stuff like that. Um, I walked by the meat section, um, which is my personally my favorite section because I could because uh, that's like a ninety eight percent of my diet. The the uh, and so I walked by the meat section and there was zero beef, not just ground beef. There were no steaks, there were no uh, like roasts. There were there was zero ground beef. That it was insane. There was a lot of pork and a lot of turkey. So I guess um, Midwesterners. Midwesterners don't really like their pork or turkey. The uh, but there was zero beef. But I didn't need beef. We, we had we had gotten a, a little bit of beef the other day, and so I I decided that uh, I was going to walk over, pick up a couple of other things, and I um, uh, walked by the toilet paper section uh, because I was that's also where the dog section was, and I was contemplating getting my dog. Uh, uh, a bone or something to, to make him, I don't know, sit still for a little bit. The, uh, but I walked by the toilet paper section and there was, uh, no toilet paper. And it, it really got me thinking that, you know, for some reason, when, when, when things like this happen, uh, we tend to go into, uh, crisis mode as a society, as a society, um, we tend to go into, we allow our fear to well up within us and, and it forces us to do things that are really not necessary, you know, uh, um, like buying a lot of toilet paper, you know, the toilet paper will, they'll restock it in, in, in like a few days and there'll still be toilet paper and there's the ground beef will happen and, 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 uh, they're not going to stop delivering stuff, um, <coughs> Excuse me. That was just a. Uh, uh, I swallowed um, my spit on accident. That's why I coughed. I do not have uh, COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, when I when I think about this verse, I started reading, and I just want to read a little bit of 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 actually what Second Timothy you know, kind of put this verse into context a little bit because it's easy for us to say God does not give the spirit of fear. But of uh, but one of love and of a sound mind, and of power rather power love and a sound mind. Um, but it's within a context, this particular context. It's it's yeah, it's an easy statement to say. But what is our response instead of fear? What should our response be? So I'm going to read uh, really quickly Second Timothy uh, chapter one verses three through I don't know until I decide to finish. The uh, one thing about the, uh, yeah, and so this is um, Paul writing to Timothy, like I said. So, verse three I thank God, I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears. I love to see you so. Uh, excuse me, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, 
I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a, one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us through Jesus Christ before time began. This has now been made evident through uh, the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. For the gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher. And that is why I suffer these things. Paul is writing from uh, prison, uh, if you didn't gather that. But I am not ashamed because I know whom I believe and am, and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. You see, we, we, the, response, the response of not having fear and having a spirit of power, love, and of sound, uh, other translations like the NIV say sound mind or sound judgment, um, this is easily translated to as being reasonable and rational in our decision-making the uh, the opposite of, of fear in in the context of of second Timothy is uh, one of, uh, of of experiencing not power as in strength like like physical power but of power as in spiritual power we have we, we do not have fear but we have a spiritual power that lives within us and we have a uh, 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 this love this this gospel love this this perfect love that was that lives within us that 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 wells up within us that 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 is one that is supposed to uh, just flow out of us in all that we do and then we are supposed to have sound judgment sound mind um, this it echoes very very closely to the shema the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and so um, this idea of all of these 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 spiritual forces with within us, the sound mind, the rationality, all these things come and are gifted to us from our Creator. Now, a couple of weeks ago, the last time we gathered uh, as a church and uh, in, in physically, you know, we talked about uh, the missio day, the 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 mission of God in our lives, and we talked about community. And and our our need for as 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 human beings, our need for community. We were created for community and through community, and we need community uh, as people. This is not simply just a religious idea. This is even sociological. This is a uh, psychological. Um, this is why when when you are first uh, the first place that you're taken away, uh, if you do a really bad crime, the worst punishment other than the death penalty, and I would argue that the worst punishment even more so than the death penalty would be one of isolation, uh, solitary confinement, being forced away from people. There's nothing worse, there's nothing you could do uh, that is worse than uh, forcing somebody to, to to not be around and not experience community with other people. And we are in that time because of the virus. We are in this, in, in this time that um, we, we, we can't, we, we are being asked to not engage in community. 
and we can make jokes and things like that when it comes to like, well, this is like an introvert's dream. And, um, to a certain extent, I'm an introvert and to a certain extent, you know, I'm, I'm okay, uh, uh, chilling out at the house or whatever, but I do, you know, I wake up and I do want to go and I do want to go out and do the normal things that I do and hang out with the normal people that I hang out and have conversations with people. Um, but we're not being asked, we're asking, we're asked to not do that. And so it's, it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, I live in Northern Illinois where the, pretty much the whole state is shut down other than, uh, some other, uh, you know, uh, non restaurant and bar type businesses and the government I'm sure is still working, but schools are shut down and all of that. It's, it's, it's such a weird and crazy time for us to be living. You know, the one thing I, uh, one thing I, 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 I keep thinking about is that we, um, uh, as the church, essentially, you know, it, it, this time, this period of time where, where we're being asked to not gather together in, in groups of more than, I mean, the president just said more than 10 people. Um, one thing that I've, uh, I've started to realize, and, and really, I, I've believed this for a long time, but uh, I think this is going to help us do this thing. And that's, you know, we can get caught up really easily as the church in... Uh, seeing the church as a Sunday gathering, that the, that the gathering is the most important thing that we do. And while I do believe it is important, and I do believe that, that uh, there's, there's power and there is authenticity and there's something real, real and, and spiritually real in the gathering of believers on a Sunday morning, um, that is simply just an aspect of the life of the church, the global church, the, the capital C church, if you will. Um, as an organization at Grassroots Church, you know, uh, we've been trying to hammer home, at least since I've been here for a little over a year, we've been really trying to hammer home this idea that the church is not, the church isn't what we do on Sundays. Um, that is something that we do as the church. And I think a lot of times people, you know, we, we as pa- as a pastor, and, and I talk to other pastors, and we tend to focus so much of our time and our energy and money into the Sunday gathering and the Sunday quote-unquote experience that we lose sight of what the actual call is on the church. And the call is to go and spread the gospel. If you if you're reading the end of the book of Mark or in Matthew, it's go and make disciples of all people. You see, the the gospel, this euangelion, which is where we get the word evangelize or evangelism from. Uh, it's this idea of good news, and it's living out the good news as uh, as people uh, who believe in the gospel, as people who are called to live out the good news, we are called to do this uh, in our everyday lives, not just on Sunday. This Sundays, this is not something that you just leave up to the professionals. Uh, this is something that you that you own and you take a part, um, take part in uh, yourself. You know, I think a lot of times we, uh, especially in the West and, and especially in the United States, we, um, we engage with churches that check our boxes. Do they have a really good uh, kids ministry? Yes, they do. Then check. Do they have a? Do they have really good worship? Yes, they do. Then check. Do they have really good preaching or, or, or preaching that I like? Should I say? Yes, they do. Check. Do they have a youth group? Yes, they do. Check. And I think we we tend to to think that these boxes need to be filled 
when in reality you're just looking at the church as as a as a as a place that gives you your religious goods and services. And that's not what the church is. You know, yes, as an organization, uh, organizations, you know, we try to do our best in, in offering uh, some sort of programs or some sort of uh, groups and things like that for people to take part in, to help them, guide them along in their practice. But those things are just simply first steps. Those things are simply just the first thing. That's not the end all be all. You know, we, if you're a believer in the gospel of Jesus, then, then this idea of being the church is, is, is ingrained in our spirit. This is not something to be left up to an organization, but being the church is something that is uh, who we are. And I think when I think about this coronavirus, I think that we are in a great time, uh, where the church gets to reevaluate itself a good bit, that we get uh, the opportunity to uh, stop and think about, okay, um, maybe the Sunday thing is, is while we love Sundays, maybe, maybe putting so much time and effort into that um, isn't the way to go. Maybe we should, should be a people who are, who are sending people out into their communities to live out the gospel in their everyday lives. You know, the, um, the one thing that, that, that I think about constantly is, is how, how can I as a pastor be, uh, live out, live out, uh, what Jesus, Jesus has called me to do, uh, not just from a pastor standpoint, but from a, a personal individualistic standpoint, am I living out the gospel? Am I having conversations with people who don't, uh, necessarily believe the same things that I do? Uh, and I just want to be uh, a beacon of light and a beacon of hope and love to those people. I think a lot of times in in uh, society it can get um, it can get uh, we can get a little a little bogged down, if you will, especially in, in church society and church culture, uh, with the notion of being asked. Uh, to do certain things like that, to, to live out this lives, you know, life gets in the way a lot of times of our stuff. Um, life gets in the way of, of living out the gospel. Maybe a coworker is driving you nuts or a boss or is driving you nuts or an employee is driving you nuts or family's driving you nuts and all these things. And, and right now what this virus is doing, well, 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 there it's, it's causing destruction throughout the world. Uh, and we should be praying uh, for relief of that destruction, we should be praying for relief of 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 all of that, of all of the, of the virus in general. Um, we should we we need to take this time to to realize what uh, what really matters uh, in our lives. What really matters in how we how we operate uh, every day. Do we do we think of uh, the world as uh, do we think of how do let me let me backtrack how, how do we operate in in that i mean you know i've had a lot of conversations in the past little while past few months really probably the past year with a lot of people about busyness and hurrying and doing these things and and i'll i'll be honest you know i get busy and i allow my busyness to take over every once in a while and uh it's this is kind of a forced slowing down. We're not called to be a busy people. 
You know, we're not called to be too busy for the gospel. We're not called to be too busy for our families. We're not called to be too busy for our church community. That's not what we're called to do. We're not called to be busy people. We are called to be people who delight and rest and 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 dwell in God's creation and dwell in the presence of God himself. And I think as a society, we get so busy that we forget that. And we forget what it means to... What what creation actually means. You know, we just talked about at church, we just talked about what creation is, and that creation is the point of creation was one, that it was good, and two, that it was just for us to dwell in the presence of the creator. And we can't really do that if 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 we're too busy. We can't really do that if we're going a, a million miles a minute left and right. Got to pick up the kids, got to do this, have a gig here, or I've got a, uh, you know, this other job here. And it, it's a dangerous situation when we get into that mentality. And what this is forcing us to do as a people and as a nation is to slow down. You know, I think the worst thing that, that could happen uh, when this is all over, and I get it, the economic struggle with all of this. The economic struggle and, and the issues that, that, that rise out of this and we need to make money, we need to earn a living. But I would, I would be so fearful that at the end of all this, when, when, the, when the vaccines come out and, and we're able to, and, and the, the curve, if you will, starts to go down and, and, the, and the restrictions start to be lifted, I'm fearful that we'll just fall back into that same rhythm of life, that rhythm of hurry, that rhythm where we don't have enough time for our church community, where we don't have enough time for our families, where we don't have enough time for our spouses, um, that's just not a good thing to do. And so enjoy this time, you know, and if you get, if you get ill or if you fall sick, reach out to your community, ask for prayer and ask for people to, to, to go grocery shopping. One thing at grassroots that we're doing is if you're in that danger bracket, um, the high risk bracket, um, the above, you know, 60 year old, 60 years old and above and, and the, the, uh, with underlying conditions and things like that, we, we are, we are going to go grocery shopping for you. We're going to, uh, help you not, uh, help you make sure that you're, you're healthy and make sure that you're safe from all of this craziness. Um, and so the one thing that, that I want us to do as a church and, and, and I know this, this, this first episode has been a little bit of a downer talking a lot about the virus. Uh, you know, let's be hopeful. Let's be a hopeful people that not only hopeful that this virus will go away as quickly as possible, but let's be hopeful in that we could come out with this with a different perspective on how to live our lives, a perspective of, of not just trying to earn as much money as possible, but earn, but but change our perspective to uh, the relationships towards the relationships that matter most in our lives, the family, the familial relationships, the family, spouses, children, brothers, sisters, parents, um, the those those the the other relationships like the church and the community relationship. One thing for grassroots that I pray for that this happens is that we give a get a a real hunger and a real thirst, a starvation for community so much so that when we come out, we're, we're going to celebrate together and we're going to worship like we've never worshiped before. And we're going to engage, live out one of our values, which is to engage in community with one another, like we've never done before. 
And so with that, you know, I'm going to be praying for us. I'm going to be praying for you guys. I'm going to be praying for uh, this situation and the world around us. Um, I, I encourage you to, to do the same. One thing that I also will encourage you is to, uh, as we're forced to slow down, is to spend about 10 minutes a day uh, uh, with God, whether it's prayer, reading your Bible, studying, meditation, whatever you do. Uh, try to commit at least 10 minutes. There's no such thing as you're too busy to do it now. Force, your, force yourself to get into that habit. Allow this to become a habitual thing where you can really uh, carry this on to once we're able to move past all of this. But I'm praying for everybody, and I can't wait to see you guys soon. You know, Download this podcast, listen to this podcast. We're going to continue these things coming over here in the next uh, few days, weeks, months, and hopefully years. Um, the, this thing will not die off with the virus. We're going to continue this as long as possible. Uh, so download the podcast, listen to the podcast, allow it, uh, engage in, in community in this way. And uh, let me take a drink. Hold on. Excuse me. Golly. Again, I swallowed uh, I swallowed saliva right there. The uh, but yeah, so I engage in our community in this way, and uh, I look forward. I cannot wait to see everybody again. I cannot wait to engage with everybody again. I cannot wait to for 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 the spirit of God to really fill us in this time. I cannot wait to see uh, the positives that come out of this. Uh, love your families, love your friends, love your neighbors, your coworkers, uh, love our community as best you can. And until next time, see you later.